0: hello and good evening everyone only positivity here no coffee today but i do have a good and gather tropical cherry sparkling bitch um ready to kick off podcast number 59 on this playlist that i'm looking to launch called elevated thoughts now before diving into the book and everything like that for today let's go ahead and level set So as I endeavor upon pursuing knowledge and life experience in this next phase of life through cannabis, fitness, photography, traveling, many more things, one habit that I formed is reading. So this podcast essentially goes through some of the books I've been reading as of late, taking those lessons learned, applying them to experiences in my life. So before diving into the book, let's go and start with today's story. So not necessarily a funny story, um, but, you know, as the weather gets nice um, and people are getting vaccinated and everything like that, um, I have been kicking off the basketball season, right? So playing ball with my buddies um, and then... For, for the entirety of COVID, we really weren't um, playing with other people, right? We just don't know where they, they've been, and we don't want to, like, spread anything. I don't want to catch anything. But um, since people are vaccinated now, you know, it's worth the ask. Hey, look, if you guys are vaccinated, play a game of two-on-two. For sure, let's get it. So I um, played my first game of, like, pickup basketball. Was two-on-two. Um last weekend really really fun you know it was you get some competitiveness in there um and uh it's it's nice friendly competition right so me and my buddy we're playing ball we're we're just warming up we just get to the park and there's a couple of kids on the other end who right away are like yo you guys want to play some two-on-two and um we're like yeah sure just let us warm up you know we just pulled up uh i i gotta put on my shoes and stretch a little bit so um we they're high school kids right they and and um they're just looking to play so we we end up we end up playing with them we play like five or six games um wax them in every single one of them uh not to not to go there to my own horn or anything like that but we had fun you know it was fun Me and my buddy we like to run we like to cut and move not saying we're good or anything like that but it's just fun to get that hustle in with some friendly competition and you know the the, the part that um i you know i was thinking about is that man you know in in high school, you know, and all throughout, um, I played school sports, right? Soccer, basketball, what have you. Um, and it's fun, right? But you don't realize how fun it is until you stop playing the sport, right? Um, until it's no longer available to you. My voice cracked. So so it's interesting because when we got done um, with these guys, they were like, hey, do you guys play here often? And we we're like, yeah, man, you know, you know, if we if we play on Fridays, we generally come after the workday. Um, but if we're on Saturdays, we're kind of here, you know, during the daytime. Right. And they're like, dude, you know what, man, just, um, you know, we're just looking to play, man. You know, like I, you know, school season got canceled. They might kick it off, but we don't know. And you, know, that made me really um, that made me really sad. Right. Really sad for them because, you know, that's a that's a, a really fun, positive activity that high school kids elementary school kids, middle school kids get into, um, you know, keeps them out of trouble, but it, it teaches them camaraderie, teamwork and things like that. And, you know, I feel I feel bad that they're missing out on these crucial years. Um, But, you know, COVID's affected us all. So, you know, I wish them the best. But all in all, we got their numbers. Um, We'll hit them up when we go play ball. and Hopefully we can get some more two on two going, man. It was it was really fun to, to get out there, run around um, a different type of workout as opposed to, you know, doing a workout video at home or, you know, using some resistance bands and stuff like that. It's really fun to just get out and run around. And there's really no um activity that compares to it right um so anyway you know just some some good news there in terms of the world opening back up and um just getting back into the gym man like uh hanging out um it's some you know you hang out in the gym man you you go with your friends you lift some weights you play some ball dude it's a it's a it's a good positive um uh institution for people and with the weather getting nice man we could be outside we can shoot around play some 21 32 um play a couple of uh pick up games too. You know what I mean? So um, in any case, that's the story, right? Not too funny, but um, just a good time. So we'll come back to the book, right? So we're going to go through the second part of Roberto Bolaño's 2666 now um, this book is amazing it's very intense right and it's very it's very raw it's very um, uh, emotional it's very descriptive uh, it's it can be raunchy at times it takes you down paths that you know your standard mainstream books don't don't go through right so I would highly recommend it it will take you some time the vocabulary is very um, is, is very uh, sophisticated and um I often had to spend time like looking up words and then rereading the sentence and see how um, that word, why that word was used in the sentence. Right. And again, Roberto Bolaño takes his time with the story. He'll spend pages and pages, maybe chapters, building up a scene just so you can experience it. Um, and it's very euphoric. So in any case, I'll go ahead and dive right in, man. So the we went through the first part um, in a previous podcast now the second part is called um, Part Two, <laughs> the part about Amal Amalfitano, the part about Amal Amalfitano. Now that's a character. I don't. I'm probably butchering his name, but he's one of. The, he's a staple. He's like a uh, an enigma uh, in the story. So I'm going to read the quote, right, and then I'm going to go through. I'm going to break it down a little bit, similar to the way I did it in the last Bolaño podcast. So um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. But first, let me go ahead and get a sip of this uh, sparkling bitch. All right, first quote, the poet, meanwhile, blew smoke out of his mouth and nose, making perfect rings, bluish nimbuses, gray cumulonimbuses that dissolved in the park breeze or were carried off toward the edge of the grounds. The poet, meanwhile, blew smoke out of his mouth and nose, making perfect rings, bluish nimbuses, gray cumulonimbuses that dissolved in the park breeze or were carried off toward the edge of the grounds now after reading this text uh sorry this text this um this little passage it's really difficult to feel like you're you're not sitting right next to this guy right like i'm i cannot help but be sitting right next to this dude blowing these smoke rings out of his mouth right you feel like you're in a park you're you're watching those smoke clouds float away in the wind as they take them away right now come come to come to myself right i i consume cannabis right um and sometimes i smoke it and um you know my fellow my fellow stoners out there my fellow um cannabis consumers out there um who smoke weed will will Understand how engaging and how euphoric and how captivating and vivid it is to watch smoke, right? Um, you know, whether you're smoking a joint, pulling the pulling the bong rip, anything like that. There's there's something very, very intriguing um and captivating about watching a cloud of smoke. Now that that whole idea of of, of sitting on that park bench, right? Maybe this guy's enjoying his cigarette, right? And there's the idea of sitting on that bench and this guy pulling out a cigarette, you know, like hitting the pack, putting it in his mouth, lighting it up, and then blowing the rings, right? Anyone who's seen someone smoke a cigarette can understand that, right? You know, I don't really personally smoke cigarettes, but um, w- when you see someone do that, there's something cool about it, right? There's something, you know, there's something chill about it. Um, And I, I, I like the process, right? I like the process of it all. Even, for example, rolling your own, rolling your own joint, right? You, you put together the filter tip, you grind up the bud, you pull out the paper, you put the bud on the paper, you start rolling, um, you tuck it, you start rolling it up, you lick the crease, um, and you roll it up, Then you pack it down a little bit, you twist it up, you either step outside, spark it up nicely, and and get a nice even smoke, right? So there's something about that vibe that is very interesting for people who understand it. So hop off that quote, go to our next one. Although his eyes didn't light up, part of his bone structure, the jaws, the chin, the hollow cheeks, as if he'd been lost in the Amazon and three civilian friars had rescued him. Although his eyes didn't light up, Part of his bone structure, the jaws, the chin, the hollow cheeks, as if he'd been lost in the Amazon and three civilian friars had rescued him. Now, I'm not really sure what's going on with the full picture that Bolaño's trying to paint with this, right? But what I am seeing is a man with a very defined jawline, a skinny guy, kind of like a Tarzan-like guy, so little fat on his face that you can see those those. Those dimples that the cheekbones make, right? That a tight, that a tight face makes. And then think about these, these three friars that had rescued him, right? Imagine, imagine being lost in the rainforest, right? You're there for days, maybe weeks, and um, you're you're completely remote. You don't know when you're going to be rescued. You started to become accustomed to this lost life in the Amazon, right? And you happen upon These three friars. Now, what are you to think? What are you to think? You might be relieved that someone found you, right? And that means you're going to be rescued. But you might also be a little bit worried about running into three strangers in the middle of the Amazon as well, right? An interesting range of emotions, right? That's why I think he says, you know, his eyes didn't light up, right? Because maybe he was more on alert than excited, right? Than relieved. Maybe he was more fight than the flight reaction, right? So, another very interesting quote Bolaño puts out there. Let's move on to the next one Madness is contagious, and friends are a blessing, especially when you're on your own. Madness is contagious, and friends are a blessing, especially when you're on your own. Now, what I'll say is, is madness is indeed contagious, right? Chaos. There's there's something about madness and chaos that they, it evokes an addictive tendency in people, right? Now, these are just my observations. You think about an alcoholic, right? Yes, their, their body becomes reliant on the alcohol because it, you know, suppresses their emotions and things like that, and they develop a physical tendency to it. But Who's who's been out with with friends who who the, who love the chaos that a drunk night um, provides? Whether it's you know silly drunk conversation, kind of problem solving while you're fucked up, um, and there's there's some there's something contagious about that, right? You don't like it the next day, but you're definitely down to do it again. Um, maybe even the how about fighting with a significant other, right? Anyone who's in a toxic relationship, right? The 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 initial gut reaction, if you're looking at, in, is like, hey, why don't you just leave, right? Why don't you just leave that person? It's toxic. Some people are addicted to the fights, addicted to, that, to how bad it can get, right? And I think we've all seen that. And um, you know, when we come back to, to movie and like TV characters, right, like Thomas Shelby, um, Anthony Soprano, Michael Corleone, these men are addicted to madness, right? They, they don't know how to sit still. They don't know how to stop conquering, stop getting more money. They are constantly ready for that next battle, you know, addicted to the madness. you say friends are a blessing, especially when you're on your own. Um, Now, I'm wondering if Bolaño is saying that both madness and friends are a blessing when you're on your own or just friends, right? Um, So I you know, obviously friends are a blessing, but especially when you're alone, right? Um, there's a period of time where I was, um, you know, I, I was completely like kind of off the grid. Um, you know, I just kind of had like had it with being at home and I just moved out on my own, really wasn't talking to my parents much. And I, um, was just, you know, one bedroom apartment and, you know, it's all I've ever wanted. Right. But the somberness and the loneliness of it is, is something that you have to get adjusted to. Right. Um, not no noise right when you're in a house with with parents and other siblings there's a lot of noise going around people are talking all the time someone's on the phone someone's blaring the tv but then you get used to the silence you know and just the tranquility and then being with your own thoughts is another endeavor right um and even though i did live alone true friends are a blessing because in those moments you're alone you have time to think about who your real friends are right um One thing that a lot of people did for me, I feel like, um, like at work, um, just in general, you know, um, they, they fed me, right? They would see what I would bring for lunch, and they'd be like, dude, you can't eat that, man. So I would bring like two veggie patties and two Greek yogurts, and I ate that every single day, pretty much for every single meal for like two years straight. And people were like, dude, let me make you some food, man. And those people I still keep in touch with today because... They gave me hot meals when, like, you know, I, I'm not a cooker, you know, and they, they, they made me eat. You know, they, they invited me to their places and, um, you know, gave me that nourishment, gave me that home environment. Um, because, you know, any any dude's apartment who lives alone for the most part is there's no, nothing on the wall, maybe just a TV and a futon. Um, I didn't even have a bed frame. You know, I just had my mattress on the ground. So, um, you know, friends are a blessing when you're alone, especially when you're on your own. Um, so we'll hop off that one and come to um, our next quote he recognized her at once as if his in his university days he had been in love with her he recognized her at once as if in his university days he had been in love with her now I personally think this is a sign of of the character that young love takes on right when you're young and you're infatuated like in college right you're just it's it's it can it's not purely physical but it is for men i think it is right um we mature later in life so that that infatuation of wanting someone um when you're young, and you know there's the PDA and shit involved, and it's a different type of love than what people might call mature love, right? There's a different level of infatuation you have at that age. Um, when you're in university, when you're in college, and you see someone you really like, and um, you're nervous, and uh, you kind of you need some confidence, you need your boys to back you up and stuff like that, right? So it's really interesting um, the the way the the, the way that Bolano mentions that. As if in his university days, he had been in love with her, right? So, you know, very, very interesting. Um, we'll hop off that one. The black handkerchief of the breeze dried the sweat beating on his forehead. Now, this this illustration makes me think of, of a hot, dry, very warm day in like Nevada, right? I've been to Las Vegas once and in the summer, and it's so unbearably hot that you can't even be outside for more than a few minutes without like profusely sweating right um and like but let's say you're you're sweating profusely right and when i used to cut the lawn in the summer I'm, I'm i'm drenched or if i'm playing ball outside right and it's just dry heat and this has happened to me on many occasions and then all of a sudden you know a fleeting breeze comes through right and it just it 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 hits the sweat that's on your back and on your forehead, and because you're sweating, it feels even colder and so um, refreshing. Be, and when the breeze comes through, and you know, what's interesting is he uses the the, the color black, right? He doesn't say oh, oh, a handkerchief or a white handkerchief. He says the black handkerchief of the breeze. So that, that brings some kind of darkness to it, right? Obviously some melancholy to it. Um, and I don't know why he personally uses the black handkerchief of the breeze, right? Maybe it sets up the, for example, let's say he used white, right? Or blue. Maybe that would turn the scene less somber than if he used the word black right? And he's so intentional that even something like that sets the mood, right? Even the smallest of details sets the mood for you. And I think that's outstanding and shows some real artistry. So we'll jump off uh, that quote, move to our next one. In the expression on Professor Perez's face, he had detected a hint of unease as if the question concealed some other question. This one highly offensive and wounding. In the expression on Professor Perez's face, he had detected a hint of unease, as if the question concealed some other question. This one highly offensive and wounding. So this situation, I think we've all been in a situation like this, right? Where someone is asking probing questions with a purpose, right? With a maniacal purpose. Um, they're not going to outright say the the, the the roots or what they're trying to say. They're going to ask questions and almost make you want to say it, right? In turn, pissing you off. You know, I've been in situations like that. So I'm trying to break one down, right? Like, let's say there's three people, right? Two of them, two of them know a detail that the third doesn't, right? Um, one of the two... Wants the other to know, and the other doesn't. Um, maybe a situation where there's a boyfriend is, and he's with his current girl, girlfriend, and they like run into their ex, right? And maybe the the boyfriend left out a detail of their the the ex's relationship that he hasn't told his current girlfriend. Something like that. The ex might begin to catch on to that and ask some questions that the other person thinks, you know, serves as a question with more layers right? That um, just because of history between the two people. Now that's a really high level example with no specifics on it, but I think you guys kind of get the gist of what I'm saying, right? It's a, it's a question um, that has other questions in it, right? That, that leads to something a little bit darker. Hop off that quote. Um, we'll go into um, the next one. The sad American mirror of wealth and poverty and constant useless metamorphosis, the mirror that sails and whose sails are pain. The sad American mirror of wealth and poverty and constant useless metamorphosis, the mirror that sails and whose sails are pain. So, metamorphosis is is roughly you know defined as like transformation from like an immature firm. Form, sorry, an immature form to a mature form, right? And I guess this is the illusion of the American dream. And I'm like, let's break down. Let's break it down. So the sad American mirror of wealth and poverty, a mirror, right? Something that we utilize to reflect our own image. But maybe we are wealthy when we look in the mirror, but we feel as if we're poverty stricken, we always notice things that we don't have right so that mirror of american wealth we look in the mirror and we say "Hey, look yeah i got i got a nice watch um i got nice shoes i got a nice um house nice car but that that is only short-lived right until you feel like you need a nicer watch nicer shoes um a nicer car so it's a mirror that sails and whose sales are pain so you, 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 you never end up loving your self-image. Um, always keeping up with the Jones. is always looking for that next uh, material thing, um, and that is pain. So we'll hop off that one and jump into our next quote. He was smiling just as he had been the first time they met. A confident, mocking smile, like the smile of a cocksure sniper. He was smiling just as he had been the first time they met. A confident, mocking smile, like the smile of a cocksure sniper. Now again, Bolonia goes so deep into it. He's talking about the specific type of smile, right? He's not just saying he was smiling. Um, so you know, anyone ever played um like Call of Duty or Halo, right? And you're you're playing with like some fucking scrubs, right? Some people don't know shit about it. Right? Um, or if I'm playing like FIFA, I'm playing with someone who doesn't play FIFA, right? Whenever I whenever I play Rocket League, my friends give me this type of smile because I suck at Rocket League, right? So if they score like this nasty goal on me or anything, they just like, you know, get around me real quick, they got this little smile, right? They they know a little grin because and the same for me, right? Like when I play my buddies who don't play FIFA, I'll fuck them up like seven or eight zero, right? And it's, it's hard not to, right? Like, if I'm busting them up and just not, like, let out a little smirk because it's like, dude, I, I'm, I'm beating that ass, boy. Like, what's up? Um, but anyway, there's this, like, air of arrogance um, and confidence when you know that you're better than someone um, or you have them in, their, in, in your sights uh, and they don't know it, right? Like, for example, you know, sometimes to not demoralize my friends so my friends aren't soccer fans really for the most part minus a few of them so they never want to play fifa with me so when they do play fifa sometimes i uh because i've been burnt right so one time my buddy was trying to play fifa with me say like, let's play dude i got it let's play so i fucked him up like four zero in the first like two minutes we started playing he shut the game down he's like i'm done I'm never playing again so we haven't played fifa together since um and i hang out with him like every week so um i hit him too hard so i learned that right so when I play with other people that I haven't played that I haven't played with, or um, not that I'm really good, right? But people who don't normally play, um, soccer is one of those things that you know it's not a mainstream sport in in the United States. So um, what I try to do now is I let them do their thing, I let them figure out the controls, right? I let them just like fuck around a little bit before I before I clap on them. But like that's also kind of a slippery slope because it's like all right, like I'm letting you win, I'm letting you win, and boom, right? I, I, I got you in my slides, dude. I know what to do. I know any second I'm going to come get you. But anyway, in the quote, um, Bolani is using, right? A sniper, right? So there's that, that element of, of death that he adds, right? Snipers kill. Um, he could have chosen any other metaphor, right? But he chose this one. So a cocksure sniper, right? Someone who is smiling about killing someone, right? Think about that person. Think about. I'm not saying they're a terrible person, but think about someone who who takes the enjoyment, the time to smile, because they're so sure, even when they're about to kill someone. It's a different type of smile, right? It's different than a mocking, a, a really, really a mocking smile um, or a playful smile, right? So he, he establishes a difference even between the most minute of actions. So we'll hop off that quote and we'll come down to our next. Only three left. So people see what they want to see and what people want to see never has anything to do with the truth. People see what they want to see and what people want to see never has anything to do with the truth. Now I think this quote is extremely accurate, right? So let me try to use an example, right? You, you ever try to assist someone who is having an issue um, with someone at work or maybe in their relationship um, or maybe having struggles like making gains working out or something like that, right? So now, like, I'm not a guru at working out or relationships or anything like that, but I do feel as if, in general, you know, people want to throw their problems and a lack of progress onto something out of their control, right? it's way easier for them to give up or attribute the issue to something out of their control right like does the person really need help or are they just not wanting to move forward do you know what i mean um so people will find enough excuses to not do things right there's well, I, there's a quote that's like there's no lack of oppressors amongst the downtrodden right so people will always find a reason um, but the truth is just do better, right? And I'm not saying that's, that's not a one-size-fits-all, right? But, again, a lot of times people have issues, right? I've, I've met a lot of people who've had issues and maybe come to me for help. And once I try to develop an action plan with them and, you know, things like that, you realize that, you know, they don't really want to be helped. They just kind of want someone to sympathize with them. And that's that's fine, too. I'm there for that, too, you know, for my friends. Um, And um, going back to, like, some of the books we've gone through, right? People love to bask in their misery, right? Misery loves company company, and discuss how hard their life is, right? Without offering any solution. So you offer a solution, they'll say, okay, but this, um, okay, but this. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm like some holier than thou guy, um, but it's tough to stay on positive wavelengths because it's an active effort, right? You have to actively try to be positive. It just doesn't happen naturally um, without enough practice, Um. You have to be in the now, right? Um, talking about some Viktor Frankl shit. Um, you got to take stimuli that comes at you. You got to triage them in a, a manner that is uh, mature and appropriate and make things positive. Um, and that keeps you in a good headspace. So um, kind of diverting here, but um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll hop off that quote, move on to the next. You let off steam your own way. I beat the shit out of people, but the fights I get into aren't just any fights. They're fucking apocalyptic mayhem. You let off steam your own way. I beat the shit out of people, but the fights I get into aren't just any fights. They're fucking apocalyptic mayhem. So now, you know, going into the next steps of this quote right the guy proceeds to talk about how he goes out to dangerous bars at night pretending to be gay so that people will um get into quarrels with him because they're in a part of mexico where this doesn't really like jive right being homosexual doesn't really jive so he says he needs the release now what i'm thinking is yo this is sadistic this is grotesque but who am i to say what's right and wrong right I think that hurting other people is morally upsetting and incorrect, but that's just me, right? But let's talk about the words here, right? I beat the shit out of people. Apocalyptic mayhem. That's some Mad Max shit right there, right? When when you see these words... Being brought in, there's something archaic, something animalistic, like uh, Mayan, Aztec, you know, flair to it, right? Um, maybe that's just apocalypto coming out, um, but it has that that very, very gory vibe to it, raunchy, bloody, things of that sort. Um, and think about it, right? This guy is going out seeking that, right? Like in the in the book, he says, you know, sometimes I win these fights, sometimes I lose, but I love I love it. I need the release. Um, and, you know, I think maybe, you know, I, I, I'm not sure exactly, you know, um, the reasoning behind it. Like I personally don't want to get beat up. Um, I don't want to fight, you know, but some people love it. Some people love the rush. It's, um, it's, 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 uh, it's something very, um, euphoric to them it's a release to them um endorphins all those things so a very very interesting quote and in this quote you can see how the book also gets a little raunchy every now and then right there's a lot of sex in the book there's a lot of violence in the book too um and it's 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 really crazy encourage anyone to read it hop off that jumping into our final quote they are afraid to take on the great imperfect torrential works books that blaze paths into the unknown. They choose the perfect exercises of the Great Masters. They want to watch the Great Masters spar, but they have no interest in real combat. They are afraid to take on the great, imperfect, torrential works, books that blaze paths into the unknown. They choose the perfect exercises of the Great Masters. They want to watch the Great Masters spar, but they have no interest in real combat. Now, for example this this book this book 2666 is one of those books right it doesn't have a distinct middle beginning middle and end right and that's what your mind wants it wants a conclu- it wants a introduction thesis statement you know the body paragraphs of the book and a conclusion to tie it up at the end right same thing with movies we seem to want that right we want it to tie up somehow but maybe that's not what it's all about right i recently watched reservoir dogs again with my fiance and that's a that's one of those torrential works, right? That it doesn't have a clear beginning, middle, and end, right? You kind of know what happens. There's some really good dialogue in it, but you never see the actual robbery take place and what went wrong. But they don't tie it up for you either. You just have to kind of let your mind take it in. Take in what is, right? I also just bought this book called House of Leaves, and it's a very interesting book. It's it's a when you when you scroll through it, there's some there's some pages that have, you know, illustrations on them only. There's some pages that have, um, you know, so many small words on them, it's almost daunting to even start it. There's some pages that have one word on it. I haven't even got into it yet, but it looks so um, unorganized, right? And my mind wants it to be organized, but, but why am I doing that, right? Why do I want it to be organized? Again, they want to watch the great master spar, but they have no interest in real combat, Right? We need some raw information. We don't need the the, uh, the the mainstream all the time. Not Mainstream is mainstream for a reason, but sometimes we need something a little bit more off-color, a little bit more deeper in the artistic flair, get into someone's mind um, and understand and try to understand what's in there. You might never understand it, but you try, right? So, you know, this book 2666, it's one of those books, right? Like I said, it doesn't have the exact structure. These types of you know activities that belong is explaining this quote, um, they're they're exercises that scare people, right? Um, they dive into parts of their minds um, and thought processes that are not normally discussed. Um, you know, even in in Peaky Blinders, right? In season four, when there's like a boxing match, Tommy Shelby doesn't watch, right? Um, and Alfie goes, you know, right? You can't you can't stand a fight that has rules, right? Because they were all in World War One, where there was no rules. They were in the mud. They were fighting. Um, they probably ran out of bullets and had to kill people with like rocks and bayonets and things like that. And that's a different type of chaos, right? Um, we talk about social media these days, right? You know, a lot of people follow a similar trajectory to becoming an influencer these days, right? Um, you, know, I, you know, as I try to like increase my social media pre- presence and things like that, you realize... Um, A lot of people don't say certain things um, because it'll affect like an audience, right? And things like that. Um, A lot of people thirst trap, right? Things like that. Um, uh, You know, everyone knows what thirst trap is, right? Some people utilize ads and try to get sponsorships and things like that. And none of this is wrong, right? None of it is wrong. Everyone has their own path um, to happiness and, and, and to their goals, right? So I'm not saying anything is wrong. But sometimes, right? When you get when you gain those those audiences, right? You 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 change a little bit, and you know sometimes even like you know personally sometimes when even Joe Rogan has changed a little bit since he got um, really famous. Right. Um, I'm tuned into his podcast more now than I ever was, though. Right. So nothing wrong there. But people change because right. Relying on sponsorships and income and things of that sort. Um, So you have to do certain things to keep those. Right. But what about real thoughts? What about real ideas? What about things other than clout? right but what do i know right i i'm just kind of talking out of my ass you know um i'm just like talking about observations and things like that that i'm seeing not knocking anybody we talk about combat again right even ufc is not real fighting there's rules right you can't like hit people when they're down or something like that um you know eye gouging all that all that's off limits right that's structured fighting um and then even with conversation right you know you ever go to a party um and, you, and people, you, you do a lot of surface-level conversation, right? And that's fine. I like catching up with people that way. What are you watching? What do you, um, what, what, what what's your workout looking like, right? But you often find that people don't want to really dive into things, right? They want to talk about the most recent current, uh, like, I don't the most recent event that happened, like, on TMZ or something like that. I just want to have, like, a surface-level conversation with you. And that's fine, right? Because we're not always trying to dive into deep things. We're not always trying to go, like, fully woke on motherfuckers out there, right? So, um yeah i'm rambling but you know real combat real combat is different real conversation real thoughts are different than like what the crowd will like sometimes right sometimes they align sometimes they don't but i feel like a majority of time they don't um real conversation is enriching and it takes guts right it takes confidence it takes grit to really dive into your mind and articulate some of those thoughts that um you might you might not want to share right so that's all I got for you guys today. You know, I hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts. Um, feel free to leave me any feedback. Um, I've been enjoying meeting with a lot of people recently. Um, people have been reaching out to me on Instagram. I've been reaching out to people. I've um, got a lot of cool guests lined up. So I hope you guys are enjoying. Feel free to leave me any feedback. And remember, only positivity. Thanks, guys.